Our first sacred text this morning comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. And if you'd like to follow along, uh, it's on page 581 of the Old Testament of the Pew Bible. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What gain have the workers from their toil? I have seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds. Yet, they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in their toil. And our second sacred text this morning comes from Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. 
Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him into his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and speak about the child to all who were looking for redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. Thus ends the reading of the sacred text. Thank you, Annie. I uh, truly hope that you all had a wonderful Christmas in this Christmas time. I see Mike Snook out of there, out there, and I hope he had a good Christmas. I know the 28th was a tougher day, but you know, um, Christmas was hopefully better than that. So, um, but it, it's uh, it's always kind of a powerful time. It's hard to go through these days without being uh, affected in some ways, uh, for sure. Um, we were so blessed here on Christmas Eve by the talent from among us that brought such a diversity of music uh, to just make our celebration just happen all by itself. I mean, just because it came forth. And I'm grateful for all the practicing and commitment and willingness and talent that uh, helped us to celebrate uh, on that on that beautiful night. Um, Today I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, it's time for divine shaping. 
we hear in this famous reading from Ecclesiastes about there being a time for everything. And I think maybe, first of all, I know this happens to me, so maybe it happens to you. This doesn't say in it, for each of the things mentioned, that God has commanded that, for example, there be a time for hatred. It just says there's going to be these times. There's going to be all kinds of times that we are going to live with and live through and live beyond. Um, and some of them are beautiful and you feel the poetry of it and then all of a sudden you get stuck by things like it's time to hate. Wasn't that kind of hard to read that at that moment? Yeah, it was a little bit like... And it's because our head wants to think in the Bible, God is, is saying there's going to be a time... For, well, no, this is just the reality it's the reality of the world of where we can choose to live out of love or choose not to live out of that love. And this is the result of what happens. But as we come into the new year, as we've come through the experiences for many of us of uh, seeing lots of family and friends and maybe the intensity of it all, uh, there were a couple days this week I must have cleaned the kitchen four times. It's like, wow, jeez. Um, I was ready for that to end. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's an interesting sort of time for many people. Some people may have been alone, and if you're alone at this time, it's kind of like you probably have a memory of times when you weren't alone. And it can be really hard knowing that all kinds of people are talking about the time that they're having together and you're alone. Um, so that is a hard thing too. So we have the intensity of all the connections and we have the deep feelings around uh, being alone and sometimes we even feel alone in the midst of all of those connections. We feel maybe out of step or not in step with what's going on. So as we consider that this is a time for divine shaping of who we are, I want you to just take a moment and catch your breath. And if you were to add a verse to Ecclesiastes here, maybe you want to pick one of the ones that was here. What has this time been for you? Has it been a time for love? Maybe it was a time where you were around some hate. Maybe it was a time for some laughing. Maybe it was a time for some weeping. Take a minute and see what you can name for yourself. As you name it, I want to bring you back to the 11th verse of that passage. God has made everything suitable for its time.
Moreover, God has put a sense of past and future into our minds. Yet, we cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. The real naming of the fact that as we go through these different kinds of times, we have some sense of how it connects to the bigger whole, how it connects to our past and possibly our future, how it connects to our family's past and its future, how it connects to our community, our culture, our world's past and future. But we have a sense, if we take the time, to reflect on it, of how this time that we are going through, how it connects to something bigger. So be aware of that for yourself. This time of celebrating the birth of Jesus is a transformative time for the whole world, for all the understandings we have, for the sense we have of the past and of the future. It has been marked and changed for so many people because of this birth. It answers some big questions. It raises some big questions. It puts a lot of things in perspective. In this divine shaping of humanity and of our world, we see the image of that humanity coming forth through a baby. And it changes. That story changes how we think about God, how we think about ourselves, how we think about what's possible. Does it not change that for you? You know, in the divine shaping, it, it, it's a process. I find it amazing after we've heard so many of the stories, um, these Christmas stories, how is it that we can get this verse 33 in Luke's uh, second chapter? And the child's father, so Jesus' father Joseph, and mother Mary, were amazed at what was being said about Jesus. Now, why were they amazed? I'm sorry. I mean, it, you know, if, let's say my wife and I had gone through the experience they went through, and I had had a dream telling me, visited by an angel in a dream, telling me what God was going to be doing and about this birth. And if my wife had, had seen this vision of an angel and had been told things and had said yes and not doing all of that sort of thing, why would be, you know, you kind of have the inside knowledge, right? Why would you later be amazed that others are noticing this? I think it's because really when you live through these things, while dramatic experiences are big, how they settle in us we still have to cycle through it a few different times. We have to say, what really happened here? 
I said, yes, but, but what really happened here? What is really going on? And now, you know, others are noticing. Part of what's happening in, in Luke's second chapter is the stories leading up to this in the first chapter, in the early part of the second chapter, they focus on what you might call some, uh, some insiders. You know, Mary was an insider. She, she got visited by the angels. She, she got inside knowledge about what was going to happen. And then you have John the Baptist's father, Zechariah. And, and he has his inside knowledge. He's, and he's dumbstruck over it. And he comes back and he gives praise. And, and they, they get the first-hand knowledge. But now what we have is we have Simeon and Anna. No one ever heard of Simeon and Anna. They were just people trying to live their lives. Anna, what we hear here, the little bit we hear about her, she's just kind of showing up faithfully, trying to live every day. And all of a sudden, prophetic voices are coming through Simeon and Anna. This is a sign that this Jesus is going to expand the base you know, the world they lived in, a few people had all the power. And they had all the knowledge. And now it's so-called being spread to those in the pew. And when we get a little further along with the cause of this Jesus, it is Paul that helps us see that it doesn't just go to those who were faithful Jews like Simeon and Anna, that it spreads even to those who didn't come up with any of our traditions. They weren't part of our families. They didn't go to our temples. They maybe didn't even know God before. They don't even understand what Judaism is about. They think it's weird or strange or whatever. And this Jesus is stretching and including beyond in this divine shaping that is happening. Now the next verse after what Annie read, it says the child grew up, this Jesus grew up, and became strong. He didn't start strong. In the divine shaping, he became strong. And he became filled with wisdom. And the favor of God was upon him. I think it's a very fortunate convergence we have of Christmas followed right by the New Year's. Because I think the way it works out, at least in most of our lives, is Christmas is a time that changes some of our perspective on a lot of things. But it also is an intense time, especially when family comes together. All right? And we come out of this time with lots of wonderings about what's next. And right in front of us, in the secular calendar, sits the new year. Where once again, it's a moment in time where we reflect with our sense of the past on the past year. And our sense of the future, 2018. What shall it bring? What will come? Will it be better? Will it be worse? Will I get through the challenges that seem to be in front of me? Will the good times continue? What will happen? 
I invite you as you go into the new year to let this be a time of divine shaping in your life. Let this be a time where you can grow in wisdom, in understanding, and become stronger in what it means that this Jesus born in the manger, this divine love coming vulnerably into our midst and growing up, that we can grow and continue to grow in wisdom and strength in the same sort of process. Let us be open with our hearts and minds as we enter 2018. Because God has something new in store for you and for me. And it will start in a vulnerable place like a baby in a manger. And if you embrace it, it will lead to a new strength and new wisdom and new understandings as we continue to grow as followers of the one in the manger. Amen.